Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number three, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We're here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Very quickly in the RBC Heritage Aaron Wise just made a birdie on 15. He's 10 under, one off the lead. As you know, mm-hmm. I've been backing Aaron Wise just about every week. Didn't back him this week. 100 to 1. That happens, man, when you do like outrights or you do golf features or props. The week you don't back a guy is when they come in. That, that has happened to me. So I'm trying to not be such a love him and leave him type of guy. And I'm trying to stick with guys. And that's why I stuck with Lowry this week. But Aaron Wise now tied for second. His price now, has dropped at BetMGM now 8 to 1. Okay, so now, because I've missed the huge number of 100 to 1 preflop. Do I just stay away? Because I don't want to root against the guy. Probably when you've got a leaderboard, I think, so compact here. Because, look, you've got one guy at 11 under in the clubhouse, HB3, Harold Varner at third. And then you've got three guys at 10 under. You've got, I think, three more at nine under. And then you've got this boatload of players. And I am counting, and it's going to be a minute. I think like seven players at eight under bar. And then you've got about the same at seven under. What I mentioned uh, last a couple segments ago about guys coming back four or five back off the lead after 54. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of, you know, a little bit tough to end game when you've got such a condensed leaderboard where you've literally got. 20-some players that could probably win this thing. All right, and uh, it looks like Patrick Cantlay, just over the green in two, he's going to have an a eagle chip or putt. That's where Jordan Spieth putted from and made eagle there, so we'll keep a watchful eye on that leaderboard. Reminder, Marcus Hayes is going to join us here this hour. 
columnist from the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. Can't wait to get his thoughts on all things Philly. Uh, and also right now, just gone final, Liam Hendricks nails it for, nails it down for the Southsiders. Bases reduced for Tampa Bay, but uh, it looks like the Sox yeah. hold on and get that 3-2. Nice 6-2 start for the uh, for the Pale Hose there. So uh, they get the win, hold on against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay falls a game under 500, obviously very early, a week and a half into the season. So not necessarily panic time here. We do have a halftime score also in the mm-hmm. NBA Minnesota 65-62 are plus four for the first half. There Things get there, so we'll see if the seven does. I'm going to see what the second half price is, decide if I want a middle or not. 115.5 now, your second half total, so I think that makes that 242.5 for the game. A little bit above what it was mm-hmm. uh, uh, pregame. I think 237 was the consensus closer. And now seeing minus five on the Grizzlies, and or minus five and a half, rather, and some sixes out there. So, essentially, that's going to make the Grizz a three-point favorite for the ball game. And very quickly, some baseball updates for you. We mentioned the Braves had that one nothing lead. First bat of the game with a home run is now tied up 1-1. In the fourth inning, so that uh, first half, first five under, still looking good there. We mentioned the Jays were down five-one to Oakland, and yet they were only, I, I believe, at three to one. It was still plus dollar mm-hmm. ten. We're now all even. Five, yeah, five. yeah, a couple home runs here. They had taken out Blackburn. Matt Chapman gets his old mates, his old Oakland A's, a two-run shot, and then Collins follows up with a solo shot of his own, and that's what always makes the Blue Jays so dangerous. Back to when back. you've got this lineup, when you've got. Bichette and Guerrero and Guriel and Matt Chapman. And you've got all these guys, uh, BGO, and he gets back. Mm-hmm. So this is a very potent lineup, and there's a reason, a big reason why they like the Toronto Blue Jays this year to win the AL East. 1-1 between the Tigers and the Royals in the third, and the Red Sox with an early 2-0 lead on the Twins. We mentioned that T-Wolves cashed those tickets, went over in the first half, and they get the outright uh, win in that first half. I do want to get to some other NBA action. Let's get into that Sixers in Raptors game. And again, we're going to have Marcus Hayes on next, so we'll get uh, some more in-depth analysis from him. But this is an interesting spot. We talked about with Tim Doyle, too. It does feel like Toronto is kind of the chic pick Mm -hmm. here in this first-round matchup. But if the Sixers are who Timmy thinks they are, and I'm sure the people in the city of Brotherly Shove think they are, four and a half in game one, game one's going to be very pivotal for them to get off on the good foot at home uh, and get this done here at Wells Fargo Center in Philly, what do you make of this first matchup between these two? Yeah, I haven't done anything with it yet. And look, the Raptors have been kind of a trendy pick, I guess, to get this upset, this 5-4 upset in the first round. And look, I don't know how high I am on the 76ers long-term simply because I absolutely hate their bench. Mm-hmm. But they absolutely have one of the best starting lineups in the NBA. And uh, we were getting into that with Timmy. If you uh, if you look at that Harden, Maxi. Harris, Embiid, and Matisse Thibel starting lineup. They played 20 games together, about 323 minutes, 20.2 points per 100 possession advantage over the opposition. That is astonishing and very staggering for these two teams. I think that's the second best net rating of any starting lineup in the league. So, you know, can the starting lineup, can you play those guys the heavy minutes and they can overcome that bench? Because if you read vcin.com every day, and you should, uh, John Von Tobor, our colleague, does the breakdown of the NBA card pretty much on a daily basis. And he points out these numbers all the time. When Embiid goes off the floor and whatnot, as we are distracted by James Harden's getup, I have no <laughs> what, idea what that what, is. What is that? But, I, if, you, if you're watching, yeah. hopefully you're second screening us if you're watching. 
I don't know what the hell he just came in on. I I, I don't either. Uh, I'm not sure who was the fashion designer for that <laughs> setup that he had. Look good, feel good, play good. Yeah, I guess. I guess he's feeling pretty damn good if he's going to wear that uh, in the locker room but today. That is, but that is my serious question for you, Wes, is what's James Harden going to be? That, I think we know what Joel Embiid's going to bring. Mm-hmm. We know, like, we expect him to be the MVP candidate mm-hmm. uh, that he is. Do, do we expect Harden to, like, we're now expecting well, Kyrie and Durant to do that for Brooklyn, right? That they're going to just be the, the guys that we know them to be. Who's James Harden? Because he looked great early. Right. Then kind of not so great early. Well, he's helped some of the other guys, okay. too. If you look at Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, ever since they traded for Harden, both those guys are over 40% from three-point range. And you look at what Toronto has done defensively, eighth highest frequency in uh, three-point attempts this season, 18th, kind of, you know, middle of the pack, essentially, Mm -hmm. in the NBA, an opponent three-point shooting percentage, about 36%. So you would expect the Sixers, they're going to get their looks from three, not whether they can knock them down. And I think there's just so many angles to this series. Uh, You know, if this, you know, in the playoffs, we talk about that sometimes they could slow down. You look at the Sixers' defense. They do rank seventh in half-court defensive rating this season. So Toronto might struggle at least early on the score in game one, particularly on the road. Role players don't usually play as well on the road as they do at home. Mm-hmm. We mentioned this starting lineup. Uh, you know, teams shorten their rotations. We talked about it last month when it was the NCAA tournament. Right. When you're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and all of a sudden you're seeing these teams play six, seven, Guys, We're you know, they're not best. playing 10 guys. And in the NBA, you're probably not going to always play 10, 11 guys very much, except for maybe a couple spot minutes here and there for foul trouble. Mm-hmm. But can the 76ers starting lineup, which we mentioned how proficient it was, outscoring teams by 20.2 per 100 possessions, can they overcome their lack of depth, I think, really on the bench? Because, you know, like I was mentioning about with JVT, the write-ups that he does – he points that out, you know, how when Embiid leaves the floor, these defensive ratings go in the absolute crapper for this team. And that's what you worry about. And everybody, of course, is pointing to the Doc Rivers-Nick Nurse coaching matchup as kind of a, a mismatch. But can Nick Nurse, who I would give him the edge in terms of oh, the coaching yes. matchup, but can he overcome the talent disparity here? And if you look at this first game, you're seeing people bet the Raptors like right now, like they're assuming that like Tybal, he's not out at home, by the way, no. guys. He's only out on the road. So he's only going to be available for these home games. So I have not yet bet this game, but just looking looking at this right now, four and a half. Oh boy. So the money has been on the the Raptors. I think really it's been the tickets. You know, you talk about ticket count, money mm-hmm. count. I think it's been more of the tickets on the Raptors necessarily than the money. I would certainly lean, and I've got about a little less than an hour to decide. If I'm going to bet this game, I'm going to bet the Sixers in game one. Here's the astonishing thing for me, if you want to get into series exactus. Okay, I get it. If you think the Sixers are going to sweep, I don't think anybody does. Nine to one. What do you think the number is if you think the Raptors would get the sweep? Mm. But what would you make that price? Ballpark. It. Yeah, that that, that's, a tough, uh, that's a tough one for me because I don't know how they're going to do this. But I would say... To sweep Philadelphia? To sweep said? Philadelphia. Oh, God. This is what stuns me when I look at the price. I am Wes. going to say maybe 20 to 1. You do this for a living. You nailed it. I thought it would be much higher. Yeah. Because like, I like 20 to 1 to me, I go, like, you've got to be kidding me that you actually, that's not that, that long a price yeah. to me. 
I'd be, I'd be looking at 40, 50 to one, thinking well, that's really the realistic shot. And I think maybe it's priced in, too, because, you know, there's that scar. Because Philadelphia, the trust the process and everything that they've done the last several years, they've always kind of disappointed. They've always kind of come up lame in this situation. So, look. That gets priced in here because uh, we have uh, friends from uh, Philadelphia and uh, they're, they're they're usually pretty uh, not excited about their teams, right? You yeah. know, it's like they win a couple in a row. They think they're winning the whole darn thing. So I guess it, to your point there, and by the way, really impressive that you just nailed the number and I gave you about 30 seconds to, to actually go through your head with it. The, the thought process would be if they lose game one, money's coming in on, on the Raptors, mm-hmm. they collapse. And we've seen this with Doc Rivers teams in the past, up 3-1, can't hold those series leads, that sort of thing. That would be the concern. I don't think there's that, – that would be – I'm not encouraging anybody to take that wager, by the right. way, at all. But it does surprise me that it feels a little bit short, that some believe that if this goes south in game one, this series could actually go south, mm-hmm. and that the Raptors are real live play. I'm kind of with you. I kind of lean towards – the talent level for Philadelphia, even Doc Rivers, who I hammer, can't screw this up. Right. I the, mean, the, the talent level like, is just too I, I big. Don't, I don't like them to get to the NBA Finals, but I don't dislike them necessarily in this series. It seems like Toronto is a little trendy. And look, I like Nick Nurse as a coach. This team doesn't have a superstar, but they've got a solid lineup with Van Vliet, with Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, a couple guys off the bench. But I just think that that starting lineup is out talented by Philadelphia. Totally, totally agree. Going to talk to Marcus Sainz here, uh, Marcus Hayes rather, uh, when we come back from a very short break. Much more about this. I look up. Aaron Wise just stuck another green. He's going to have a putt for a share of the lead. Patrick Cantlay, by the way, uh, is at ten under par as he plays the 16th. Still one back. Harold mm-hmm. Arnold the third holding up right now in that lead. Update score. Come on back. It is Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Sportsbooks unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, well, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager in the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of all the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross, alongside Wes Reynolds, this is Betting Across America. As we continue on a Saturday, uh, Aaron Wise didn't miss that birdie, but I don't even know how to root anymore now that I did not get in pre-flop, uh, but he's still one back of the lead. Getting ready to start uh, UFC fight night, so cannot wait to get into that. But it is always good to bring in somebody who knows Philadelphia because it's such a polarizing city, right? Some people think they have the best fans in the world. Some people, they have, they have the worst. Uh, Marcus Hayes can certainly speak on that. He's a columnist from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Marcus, great to have you with us here on the program. Uh, and let's get to those fan bases and how they feel about their Sixers as they get ready to start the second season today against Toronto. And Wes and I were just talking about it, Marcus. A lot of the money is coming in on Toronto. Is it pessimistic well, let me, let me just, or optimism? Let me, let, me just address, let me just address the fan issue. <laughs> They're both. Yes, <laughs> they're both. They are the worst fans when they do the worst, absolute worst thing, and they are by far the most committed. Which is perfect for me as a sports columnist. Yeah, which means I get to chastise them, and they're always interested. So yeah, it's it's both. Um, I will say this: I, I ran a poll myself um, on Twitter, and uh, about I want to say it's like forty-two fifty-eight. Think Toronto is going to win, and you know my Twitter followers are pretty pro, pretty regional. Um, about forty-two percent think Toronto will win the series in six or seven. Wow! And about fifty-eight percent think the Sixers will win. But you know the Sixers kind of hiccuped down the stretch. They didn't sputter. They just kind of hiccuped. And I think what goes, I think what's overstated here in Philadelphia is that they didn't play perfectly. And the old guys got tired. So I think people in Philadelphia are a little more pessimistic than people around the country. But I mean, your numbers seem to seem to think that seem to indicate that people are more pessimistic about the Sixers than they are even in Philadelphia. 
Marcus, do you think they're they're kind of pessimistic? Because obviously, if they see the numbers, I'm not sure how much in the advanced stats that they get. But obviously, when Joel Embiid sits on the bench, this team can be in trouble. And look, Doc Rivers is going to stick with uh, playing minutes for DeAndre Jordan and Paul Millsap in some of those spots. And I know Joel Embiid, you don't want to necessarily play him 40, 45 minutes a night. But it seems like there's <laughs> going to be spots where they kind of have to, especially when they go to Toronto mm-hmm. with uh, Tybo missing games three and four at least you know one of the strategies that i would explore if i were doc rivers is playing him but not taxing him and by that i mean don't center your offense around him necessarily on those possessions when he's in and you don't want him to be in because you have other weapons right you have uh tyrese maxi you have james harden you have tobias harris but what the 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 lapse comes the big drop-off comes when joel Embiid is on the bench defensively and in rebounding, he is an elite defender. Rudy Gobert is a better half court defender from the post. Joel Embiid is the second best in the league and has been for three years. So that's the big drop off. So if you could get him some rest minutes, five or six sort of rest minutes while he's playing, still occupying that lane, that to me would be a strategy that would work. It'll be interesting to see if Doc sees it that way. Dave, I think Marcus actually brings up a really good point here because you do have other weapons. And I mentioned about how James Harden, you know, people have been down on him that he's looked a little sluggish mm-hmm. lately, but he has helped Tobias Harris and he has helped Tyrese Maxey. They've been shooting over 40% from the three since James Harden was acquired from Brooklyn. So it's kind of like, you know what? You got to trust those guys. And and to Marcus's point about the defense as well, the net rating plummets. Uh, the defense allows 131.4 points per 100 possessions when Embiid and Thibault are off the floor. Talking with Marcus Hayes from the Philadelphia Inquirer. And, and Marcus, you know, I, I've been critical in the past of Doc Rivers from his L.A. Clipper days. What about Doc in Philly and what he's done with this team? Again, it's been changing parts here with the big trade that they had in the middle of the year. Uh, is there pressure on Doc to make sure not only that they get out of this first round, but they go deep into the playoffs? I got to tell you, that's kind of been the story of the last two end of season last year, this time doc was fighting with us over lineup suggestions and telling us, you don't know basketball mm-hmm. in relation to suggestions about using Ben Simmons differently. He didn't like that at all. Myself included. And I like doc. I think he's a really good coach and a great human being. He did the same thing at the end of the season when the Sixers beat the Pistons Without the Pistons starting center, uh, Paul Reed, the backup, the backup backup center, played well against their backup backup center. <laughs> and the questions, the questions were, why don't you play Paul Reed more? And Doc was very insulting, very rude, very unprofessional in his response. His response was right. Paul Reed fouls at a rate of 9.6 fouls per 36 minutes. He's averaged like in the eight games where he's played a lot recently, he's averaged 13 and a half minutes and three and a half fouls. You can't play him. He's unplayable. That said, there's no reason for him to be that that testy and that disrespectful to a reported core that has a lot of a lot of experience. And these aren't bad questions, and these aren't disrespectfully asked questions. So to answer your question, tons of pressure. I don't think Doc Rivers understood what he was getting into when he came to Philly, having been in Boston, which is a very parochial town that takes care of its own, having been in LA, having been in Atlanta, having been in Orlando. Philly's just different. Philly and New York are very different places. 
And uh, Marcus, if you look at the matchup with Toronto, and I think one of the reasons why you do have a fair amount that look that like Toronto, I guess why not? Three and one against Philly this year, and uh, two and zero oh since the acquisition of James Harden. Based on what you've watched in those games. What have you seen that Toronto does to give them a problem? I know the transition play certainly plays a big part in that. It is. I mean, they're they're a very active team. They they rebound. They they put a premium on offensive rebounding. Nick Nurse was just speaking about this in his. Uh, he says we we get a lot of offensive rebounds because we create a lot of offensive rebound rebound opportunities in that they miss a lot of shots. Um, but they they feed on offensive rebounding because they're athletic enough and quick enough to get back. If they don't get the offensive rebound, they don't necessarily give up to the other way. And that's kind of a unicorn thing with the personnel on this team. But for me, the biggest sort of X factor, and it was, you know, two years ago, three years ago, when uh, the the Raptors beat Philly in the Eastern Conference semifinals was Pascal Siakam. That was the coming out party for Pascal Siakam. And he's averaging 30 points a game against against the Sixers in the three of the four. He played three of the four games this year. In those three games, he averaged. So they don't have anybody to stop it. They don't have anybody that comes close to stopping them. And it's worse without Matisse Seibel, as we saw last week when they played them and Siakam went off again and won that game for them. I got a couple minutes to go here. It should be a fascinating series between the Raptors and Sixers uh, with Marcus Hayes from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, I got to ask about what the Eagles did with their big trade with the Saints. And I'm looking at the futures board here uh, right now. You get even money here pretty much to, to go over eight and a half wins this year, three to one to win the NFC East. Nick Sirianni, I remember that press conference when he got introduced and I went, oh, no, this is going to be a disaster. It's not, Marcus. It, it looks like he knows what he's doing. Do you trust what the Eagles are doing? And what direction do you think they go in the first round? Well, I'm not sure what they're going to do in the first round. I believe that they're going to look at cornerback and wide receiver, believe it or not, again, three years in a row, first round wide receiver. But the reason Nick Sirianni fared so well is because the rest of the coaches in this division are just, they're abysmal. <laughs> right. I mean, right. Joe, Joe Judge, Mike McCarthy, and, and Ron Rivera. I mean, Ron's lost his, lost his fastball a long time ago in Carolina, and he's working for the worst owner in the history of sports. So, you know, don't get too high on Nick Sirianni. I, I guess he's—I guess he was brilliant by comparison and in context. But you know, he—he's not the second coming. But yeah, the draft. There's a lot of excitement around here about the draft because I think people think it will indicate what the Eagles think they are. When they didn't acquire a quarterback last season, it, it indicated to me that they believed that they knew they couldn't win regardless. They couldn't win it all regardless for two or three years because Jalen Hurts stayed in. So if you're going to rely on Jalen Hurts last season, and if you're going to rely on him this season, then it's a, it's a building season and whatever you get is bonus, right? You might get get into the playoffs again. You might win a playoff game, but they have aging stars like Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson and Darius Slay. You can't waste a year with this quarterback. If you're not just building, I think this is like the, 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 the getting the band back together one last time. But if they if they draft a, a just add water cornerback and a just add water wide receiver, I might be wrong again. Marcus, uh, about thirty seconds left to go. Do you think anything to Kyler Murray potentially going to Philadelphia? Ooh. Obviously, that's the first team people point to if he's not going to be a Cardinal this year. I don't think they, they they see Kyler Murray as much of an upgrade, honestly. Okay. You know, wow. a yep. lot of the issues with Kyler Murray, a lot of the issues with Jalen Hurts, you have with Kyler Murray, just a better arm. 
Uh, Marcus, really enjoyed the conversation, man. We really appreciate the time. And again, we love to talk Philly sports. So you're welcome with us anytime. Enjoy this playoff series with the Sixers uh, upcoming against Toronto. When we come back, some more updates across the world of sports. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas. We've got extensive coverage, including mock drafts from our own Matt Humans. Mike Lombardi, a former NFL GM, is going to give his draft analysis. We've got our VEASAN hosts, like Mike Pritchard, who was a first-rounder. Of course, won a national championship at Colorado. And Sean King, who won a Super Bowl as a quarterback in the NFL, going to give you insight that you can literally bet on. And then our legend himself, the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, going to give his best draft bets in our NFL draft betting guide. So sign up today to get full access to VEASAN through the NFL draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash spring dave ross alongside wes reynolds this is betting across america it was great having uh mark says on with us in the last segment talking about the eagles in mm-hmm. their draft and where they might go it's gonna be so many things you got to get uh slash spring because it's a great guide from people who have been there done that in this industry right. and lived it in real life like pritch and of course sean king and we also with marcus talked about raptor sixers which is going to tip off i believe at the top of the next hour we got business right now Ooh. though in memphis minnesota still hanging on to that Ooh. 85 to 81 lead memphis minus two and a half 251 and a half on the end game total actually 84 to 81 i should say but uh minnesota hanging on to that lead uh we got the first half oh, and we'll see a carl Cat. and yeah, Carl what Anthony Towns, uh, that oh. is a poster. Uh, I don't know who got put on that poster, but that's an and one, I believe, too, a technical foul, at least. So now 85 to 81. Minnesota, look, uh, oh, they kind of got po- they kind of got poked fun at a little bit for celebrating the other night like they had won the championship. Oh, Carl Anthony Towns, goodness. that that'll be on your highlights tonight if you if you're watching us on a second screen. So throw it down, big man, throw it down, and he eight absolutely of, did. Eighty-five to eighty-one eight, right now. Eight of twelve for twenty points for Cat. So yeah, again. he's shown up here because he was not good in the Clipper game the other night. It's kind of like okay, man. Because we still look at him as such a young player. Right. This is his seventh year in the league. It's amazing. This is the time, you know, uh, as Memphis is going to go to the foul line. So 85-81, 501 left to go. Plenty of time left in the second half. 501 in the third quarter, I should say. A couple hockey scores to get you updated on, too. Because we're about eight to ten games away from the playoffs being settled. And one team that finds themselves on the outside looking in are our Vegas Golden Knights Mm -hmm. right here in town. They're down one nothing late in the second period to Edmonton. VGK right now two points out of the wild card because they take the top three in each division for both the eastern and the western conference and then the top remaining two will get the wild card so vgk two behind the dallas stars in the wild card also a point behind the la kings who are the third spot in that uh, pacific division where vgk resides so kings will get the blue jackets uh, late tonight out at the uh I was going to call it the Staples Center. What is it? The Crypto Arena? Crypto something, something like that? Whatever it is. Uh, whatever. I, I still call it the Great Western Forum, for God's <laughs> sakes, even though it's a totally separate building. But uh, VGK uh, needing some points here and not getting them so far today. going to talk a little bit about the UFC card here in a second. But I always say this, and it's not just because I like you and Brady Cannon. But I think you guys and Matt Humans do an excellent job each and every week on long shots. And you've got a couple guys right now that are looking a lot better mm-hmm. as the day has gone on here out here at the RBC Heritage, uh, RBC Heritage, and that would be Matt Kuchers in the clubhouse after shooting a 67 today. He's at nine under par, two off the lead of Harold Varner III. The reason why is Patrick Cantlay, 
mm-hmm. who, by the way, Brady Cannon's had, and he looks like the guy that you would think might be running away with this thing, just made another bogey. Yep. So he's still right there, but now he's two back. Yes. And so I thought for sure he would have the lead. I don't know that this is good news for Harold Varner III, because we've talked about it. Sleeping on the lead for him has not been profitable. Well, and, and historically at the RBC Heritage, except for last year when Stewart Sank led by five and went on to win, you kind of don't want to be on the lead. Webb Simpson, I believe, in 2020 when it was played in June due to COVID-19, he was tied for the lead. But everybody else that I mentioned going back to like 2013 had been at least a couple strokes, in some cases four or five shots off the lead. So if you're at six or seven wow. under, you're not necessarily out of this. So right now at the RBC Heritage, uh, as he is being interviewed uh, here by Amanda Balionis on the CBS broadcast, Shane Lowry, now your favorite at BetMGM, four to one, and he is 10 under par, a nice six. 65 today. Wow. Harold Varner, of course, the leader at 11 under bar. Looks like he may have the overnight lead. He is 9 to 2. Patrick Cantlay drops back to 6 to 1, being two strokes back. And then Eric Von Royen, EVR, post uh, 10 under par. So he is currently, I believe, 15 to 2 right now at BetMGM. And then I'll give some of the other live in play prices. Aaron Wise, 12 to 1. Matt Kuchar, 14 to 1. Sepp Straka, 16. Jordan Spieth, 18. Hudson Swafford at 25 to 1. So looking down this leaderboard, Dave, going all the way down to the the seven unders you have 21 guys or besides varner who's wow. in the outright lead you have 20 guys who are right within four shots of the lead so uh, a lot of golf to be played tomorrow so do not digress or fret if you've got guys at seven or eight under they are still very much in this thing and again three guys on the first page of the leaderboard that you guys gave out on long shots that's why you need to watch and listen each and every week so we'll find out how that final round plays out tomorrow. And again, Patrick Cantley, I mean, he's only two back mm-hmm. and he's played terrible golf today. So that's right. a really good sign. So, so, so the fact that he's right in there and then you've got Harold Varner who has been a good player, mm-hmm. a good journeyman player on the PGA tour. He's won a couple times worldwide, including in Saudi Arabia earlier this year, but has never closed the deal to win his first PGA Tour event. And guy's a great iron player, but the putter can get shaky. How shaky is it going to get on Sunday when he putted lights out today? I also want to give a plug to to UFC First Strike because I think our guests that we have on, and Wes, you've been a guest on our show as well, do an excellent job of breaking down the fights on a week-in and week-out basis. Uh, As they're getting ready to begin that fight card in earnest, we gave you some thoughts that we had on the prelims here uh, earlier on. Again, trying to find you some value. I will say this, and this might be a differing opinion, and some of our guests that we had on this week, I think, are looking at the main event and mm-hmm. Bilal Muhammad uh, against Vincente Luque, and they kind of feel a little bit torn yes. on how this bout will go. We've seen the money has come in on Bilal Muhammad a lot during the week, but there's a point that Lou Finicaro made, and I think it's a salient point that you have to re- remember before you, you bet this fight. It is Ramadan this week, and Bilal Muhammad is an observer of it, and I don't know exactly how that's going to the fuel to refuel his body and when mm-hmm. he's allowed to eat and when he's not. But I do think that is something you have to at least keep in the back of your mind. This is a five round main event. And I don't know. Normally, I'm not going to question stamina when it comes to Bilal Muhammad. He wants to backpack people. He wants to wrestle Vincente Luque. He does not want to have what happened in 2016 when he got knocked out in the first round by Luque. That's not what he wants. But I almost think the way to handicap this fight is I do like the under four and a half rounds. Mm-hmm. Because, Wes, I think it's going to be one of those fights that Luque knows I can knock him out. He knows, and Bilal knows, the power is there for Luque 
and it's transcendent, and I can get you out of there. And if you go back to Luke's 2021, he had two fights and two wins. I know Tyron Woodley is kind of, you know, falling off a yes, little bit. He's not the same fighter he was when he was the champion, but he got submitted via Dars. But I'll tell you what's really impressive Luke's last fight in August. He submitted Michael Chiesa. Not I, a lot of guys submit Michael Chiesa on the ground. On the ground, and I had Chiesa that night, so I was a little bit bitter about that because I thought, oh, good, this is where we want to be. Yeah. Chiesa wants to wrestle, and that's the point here, right? Because you're going to go, Bilal wants to get it to the ground. Of course he does. But this is a guy on his back that can mm-hmm. be dangerous now. Mm-hmm. So Luke has got a lot of ways to finish this fight, and I do believe Bilal does too. And he might have to throw some hands to try to get it to the to the ground and then try to get that. We saw it last week, and I thought for sure Aljermaine Sterling was going to finish Peter Yan. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the way that I think Bilal Muhammad has to think. I don't think he can think I can stretch it out for five rounds. So I like the under yeah. four and a half. If I don't really love the side, I'm going to play the total and play it under. If Muhammad gets this win here, he is right as Dana White always likes to say, in the mix He's there. Uh, in terms of welterweight. He has never quite gotten there to get that title shot. Uh, age 33 is now, I believe, sixth in the UFC welterweight rankings. So does this, if he can get a win here, I know Usman is the champion Man. and Covington, Edwards, Shamayev won last week. There are killers at 170. Yeah, this is five versus six here. So you got to be like right on the oh. precipice. The winner of this is going to get maybe a title shot after the uh, yes. Usman Covington. I was going to say, Luke is thinking exactly the way you are as well, that either one of these guys goes, hey, if I look impressive, and that's why I'm looking for the under, somebody's going to try to go out there and stake their claim to say, I should be next. Don't give it to Chimaev, even though everybody wants to see Chimaev uh, get in that mix there. Uh, very quickly, Andre, Andre Fialho, I like him against Miguel Beza. And here's the thing. I love Miguel. Caramel Thunder is one of those guys that I love to watch fight. Caramel Thunder is a great nickname, by the way. But right now, his chin isn't so great. And right now, where he is mentally, I talk about Jordan Spieth in the PGA Tour, that's what I worry about here. And when you look at Andre, this this is a guy that can get you out of there. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got a bad chin, probably not a guy to be chinny with. Right. I'm not going to take it by by KO or TKO here. I'm going to take it over the plus uh, plus money here of a plus $1.45. I've seen it gone up to $150 in some Mm -hmm. spots. I love him in this underdog role here. I yeah. just question where Caramel Thunder is mentally. Well, and and Miguel, keep in mind his last time out, Chaos Williams with a, a pretty brutal TKO Boy. of uh, Miguel Baeza. So I'm not disagreeing with you on that underdog. So again, we're getting ready for that main card to begin there. Uh, so as time permits, we'll, we'll keep updating there. But again, back to the golf. Aaron Wise is now in the house. This is a guy that I always play pre-flop, did not play this time around. Two off the lead, I believe. Solid round, though. He's mm-hmm. going to be there in the mix tomorrow. Only two shots off the lead as well. Yeah, and he's currently 16-1 to 1 right now in terms of the in-play. So, look, there's so many guys in this Man. cave. I mean, there are guys. I mean, you could feel like you're sitting pretty. Like, I feel I'm sitting good with Lowry and Kucher. They could tumble down the leaderboard at a moment's notice because guys can go low. When we come back, I want to get some final thoughts on the NBA playoffs, including a team we haven't talked about yet today. But I want to know if you think they're live dogs. I'm hoping the answer will be yes. We'll get to that when you come back with us. Betting Across America right here in BC. The Sports Betting Network. Thank you. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbook, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas will come on out. You can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Trip and nationwide. BetMGM is Sports Betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Wrapping things up here before we turn it over to Brady Cannon. I am Dave Ross. He is Wes Reynolds. We are watching the final hole, I do believe, for Patrick Cantlay here at the RBC, the Heritage Open. He has got a short birdie putt on 18. We mentioned he had a bad bogey on 17. Mm -hmm. Missed a shorty there. If he can finish this off, which he does, yes, 10 under par, one off the lead of Harold Varner the third. Mm-hmm. He will still be your betting favorite. Tomorrow. Yeah, he's uh, four to one now. He won't be in the final pairing. I believe that's going to be HV3 and Shane Lowry. 
Pyron Varner, a third, going to be the 54-hole leader. He is going to be 9-2 at plus 450. Shane Lowry at plus 4 and a quarter. Patrick Cantlay after, actually after that birdie now at plus 350. And mm. I think rightfully so. He's the most proven player. He's Agreed. number 6 in the world. So you look at this leaderboard as it stands right now. HV3, 11 under Shane Lowry, Eric Von Royen, Patrick Cantlay at 10 under. And then 9 under, go down to Hudson Swafford, Matt Kuchar, Seb Straka, Aaron Wise. Tommy Fleetwood, eight under. He shot a 64 today. So everybody, I think, as they show Robert Streb finishing, who struggled today, but mm. anybody, I think, seven under or better is absolutely right in this. So that takes you down wow. to like T22 on the leaderboard. Well, Wes, let me ask you this then. And you're in some really good positions, you and Brady both, to, to get some outright winners here, whether it's Cantlay or Kuchar. I know you guys have those guys there. Uh, would you then hop on somebody else that you think yeah, this is a good spot to find some value. You know, still. if the leaderboard was a little bit more stretched out, I would because it's like there's any number of guys. The I can pick of the world, right? I, I have Lowry and Kucher in pocket, so they're right there. So look, if I was going a little bit down the board, I mean, I think Van Royen could easily win this thing. I mm -hmm. think uh, Jordan Spieth, despite his finish, oh. uh, that three jack on 18 oh. that we talked about earlier, he could still win. Tommy Fleetwood has been playing better. You still have Neiman. You still have Corey Connors. Cameron Young was the leader after day one. Has kind of fallen off, shot that eight under par right. uh, out to be the first round leader. But all these guys are still in, so it's kind of like you know what? That's where I hang on to my 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 stuff here. And 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 with the outrights too, I do bet a little bit of smidgen on top fives and top tens because we don't have each way betting offered over here in the states. They certainly have it over in Europe. I wish they would get it here so you can get some places. But that's what I usually do with my outrights. And I'll tell you this: they just showed the little on CBS the, the compilation, if you will, of Jordan Spieth. They mm -hmm. show his eagle on fifteen, the brilliance. Yeah. And then they show what he did on eighteen, and the reaction from Jordan Spieth just says it all. It, the look on his face is, what the hell was I doing? Mm -hmm. And, like, that's what you have to ask whether or not you want to wager on Jordan. Because, look, I might have been ready to hop in if he was 9-under yeah. and only 2 off the pace, but now 3-under. Yeah. You going to do that again tomorrow? Like, that's the stuff that worries me about him is where is this And head? And there's so many players, obviously, there. Uh, let me get a quick update, too, on the basketball score. Mm -hmm. We are through three quarters down in Grind City, it is Minnesota 97 to 92. T Wolves going into the fourth quarter minus two and a half. Wow. Uh, I'm going to look for an adjusted total because that's kind of been all over the place. I think 247 and a half <laughs> is what I'm seeing. By the way, we talk a lot about Carl Towns. Carl Anthony Towns, the cat, has been the big player for the Timberwolves. He may not be the best player on his own team, wow. really, because this guy, Anthony Edwards, who has now eclipsed 30 points, fourth youngest player in NBA history with a 30 point game in the playoffs. This guy's only 20 years old. It's amazing. Like, like it's like, it's like, we remember him in the draft, but it's like, okay, Minnesota has never really done anything of note in recent years. But I was like, this guy could be a superstar, and we may not know it here. We may need to put a lot more respect on that name. I think it's really good news for Goose from Top Gun, too, because he's not dead. He is Anthony, not dead. Anthony Edwards. Alive that, and well. Wasn't that Anthony Edwards? Isn't that who played Goose? I think that is. I always remember Anthony Edwards from uh, uh, as Gilbert Lowe, of course, in uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, the uh, president of the uh, Adams College chapter of Lambda, <laughs> Lambda, Lambda. Thank you very much. What a great movie. Uh, we have a great fight. We believe it's going to be a pretty good fight. It's going to have a unification bout here at 147 pounds uh, between Errol Spence Jr. and Jordanis Ugas. Now, you look at the price tag in this fight and over $5 uh, that you'd have to lay if you want to back Errol Spence Jr., mm -hmm. I think what you and I have done, and I think what we try to do in first strike, and certainly when we talk combat sports, find those pathways to victory. To me, they feel pretty clean cut. Can Errol Spence Jr. knock out Ugas? Yes. What's the more likely scenario? 
he wins by right. decision. Right. Right. That's what I think well, we would be led to believe. And Ugas, on the other hand, if you think the underdog is live, and I do think he's live, the way that I think he wins this fight is KOTK. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he can win a 12 round decision against Errol Spence Jr. in Jerry World, by the way. And that is, of course, Errol Spence's adopted hometown. He uh, makes his return, uh, fought his last couple fights there. Of course, uh, I believe this is his fourth time in five fights at AT AT&T State. Third time in four fights, rather. Uh, Last fight for Errol Spence was December 5th of 2020 against Danny Garcia. Mm. Got a uh, unanimous decision. And, of course, that was a fight that, remember, Errol Spence got in that car accident in 2019. How's he going to come back? After the Sean Porter fight. And then did come back, got a unanimous or got a uh, unanimous decision over Danny Garcia. He was actually supposed to fight out here last August at the T-Mobile Arena. He was supposed to fight Manny Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. That became Ugas that got that fight and did beat Manny Pacquiao. And I want to give Ugas his credit. No doubt. But... Manny Pacquiao, I think, showed his age, 42 years old, and just the legs weren't there anymore. But again, to your point, that was supposed to be like Spence's moment to get right. the, 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 to the, a, the name. To beat a really huge star in terms of a mainstream star, because Danny Garcia, Mikey Garcia, Showtime Sean Porter are very much known in the boxing world. If you follow this sport, as you and I do, but they are not mainstream stars like Manny Pacquiao. So this is obviously when we look at boxing, we always look at what's next instead of not looking at the opponent in front of him. (laughs) So it's like if Errol Spence Jr. gets this win tonight, then who is it going to be? Is it going to be number one versus number two in the pound for pound in ring magazine? Spence right now, number two, I believe Terrence Bud Crawford Ooh, is number one. That's the fight everybody that wants would, to see. That would be good business, boss. If we did a Spence Crawford fight, what would also be good business, though, is a Spence versus Canelo fight. Oh, my goodness. That would also draw big business. So if Errol Spence wants to get that and really wants to get that massive money, Got to win this one. So uh, you look, uh, 27-0, 21 KOs for Errol, the truth, Spence. He's, of course, saying all the things in the buildup to the fight where it's like, okay, I'm going to knock this guy out. Of course, he's not going to say, yeah, I'm going to go to a 12-round decision. So it's like, no, don't buy the freaking fight, right? But you look at Errol Spence, he does have the best resume in terms of guys he's beaten. Mikey Garcia, Danny Garcia, (laughs) Showtime Sean Porter, Kel Brook, Chris Algieri. So he's a left-handed guy. He's very technically sound, Does is offensive-minded. So he will always go forward. But the question mark for Spence is the reason why he didn't fight Manny Pacquiao is because he had that extended layoff post-eye surgery, mm-hmm. had a had a uh, retina injury in his eye. So, you know, you always are – I think that's what's keeping this price a little bit at bay. Well, I mean, he's a big favorite, but why? He's not like a monster favorite, like sure. minus 8 or $9. Uh, and look, Spence wants to move up and wait. Now – is he thinking too far ahead? That's what you're worried about a little bit because Ugas is a, is a very good fighter. You don't, no doubt. Yeah, you don't want to think too far ahead. But, you know, and Spence is a really big welterweight, but he has not stopped anybody by knockout since June of 2018. Even though he did knock down Showtime Sean in the 11th round, a split decision victory. Can he still stop guys mm. now that he's at that top level? And he's strategic, but Ugas is a very skilled counterpuncher, yes. so he can he's physically strong. And I think he's not going to get overwhelmed, I think, by Spence's activity. So the way I played this, I do think Errol Spence is going to win the fight. I think you got to play it by decision. And I think you got to try to do that. Uh, I, and look, he's likely not to lose the decision in Jerry World down there in Arlington, Texas, where surprised. he lives. So, and then you've got so much money. If you get a Crawford Spence fight, 
these promoters oh do want that to happen. There's too much money at stake. He's not losing a decision. So Errol Spence minus a dollar thirty-five, I believe, at BetMGM might be a dial dollar forty or That's, in that range right now. That's the way I think you have to go tonight for the welterweight title. One hundred percent in agreement. Two things about boxing. One, when everybody said, "Now look, I love UFC," as we all know, listen to First Strike, watch it. Boxing will never die. No, it's like cockroaches. No. It will always survive. Because there are always great fights to be made mm-hmm. in any era. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's still happening. You just mentioned the list of names. My goodness, it's a deep you division get, here at 147 get Errol pounds. Errol Spence and Terrence Bud Crawford. Sign me up for that one. Two, you mentioned you guys when he beat Manny Pacquiao, and that's why Errol Spence Jr. wanted to take that fight because you get that that name, right? Mm-hmm. Then it becomes like what we saw in Coming to America, right? Well, you know, Rocky Marciano beat Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis was a thousand years right, old. When they were, right. That's what boxing fans we, do we, we for want generations. These, we want these mega fights, man. And I know it's so hard to find boxing because it's on so many streaming channels and whatnot. Whatever that is, if you get Spence and Bud Crawford, that is big time pay-per-view bucks. And again, everybody hated the Manny, Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight. I didn't. I just wish, wish Manny's shoulder was healthy when they fought. <laughs> uh, Wes, really enjoy it. Great to have you back here uh, on a Saturday. Thanks for watching Betting Across America right here on these in the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry radio discover more shows and movies for free 